got your Bible, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. Now, I know that uh, our time is, is getting away from us, but don't worry. I, there's no way I'm going to finish this message anyway. I've got about 16 sheets of notes, and I don't know if I'll get through it all of it uh, even today or tonight. But anyway, we're going to, we're going to start, and we just want to, we want to talk to you a little bit this morning on this, on this thought right here. And if you're taking notes, then, uh, then if, you, if you don't take any other notes, just then take the title of my message, which simply says this, the crowd can't go where he desires to take you. Now, I want you to think about that just a little bit. The crowd can't go where he desires to take you, talking about God. How many knows that there's moments and there's times in your life where God wants to take you to another level? And how many also would know that if you allow yourself to be distracted by the noises of the crowd, that you can't get there? There's times you have to pull away. There's times you have to get away from, the, from the, all the accusations, all the, all the noises of the crowd, all the comments of the crowd, all of those things in order to get you from point A to point B. Amen? And so that's what we want to talk about this morning. 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse number 7, the Bible says, And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Let's read that one more time. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them talking about Elijah and Elisha, stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water. The water was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now, when you read the story about Elijah and Elisha, you'll understand that, that these two guys had a very special relationship. They had a very special and a unique uh, kind of relationship. As a matter of fact, Elisha saw something in Elijah that he desired, that he wanted. That he, he wanted that double portion. He wanted that anointing that Elijah, that Elijah had. He saw what he had and he respected the anointing of his life. Now don't misunderstand me when I say that there's people that we'll come across that we enjoy. We enjoy be with, being with them. And, and please don't misread in what I'm fixing to say. But we don't respect the anointing that they carry. I didn't, I didn't expect to get a whole lot of amens right there. But just think about it. We enjoy being around them, we love being around them, but we don't simply respect the anointing that they carry. But I've come to tell you this morning that you will never receive anything from a man or from a woman of God unless you respect the anointing that rests upon them that God has given them. You'll never receive anything from them. I don't care how, how much you spend time with them. I don't care how many vacations you go uh, with them on, on trips or, or whatever the case. You'll never receive anything from that man or woman unless you respect the anointing that rests upon them. You cannot learn from anybody that you resent. You can't learn anything from anybody that you have a, you have a grudge against. Hello, somebody. You, you can't value uh, what, what they're trying to tell you if they've done something or you feel like they've done something to hurt your feelings. You're not going to listen to them, right? You're not going to pay any attention to them. Oh, you may listen to them, but it's going to go in one ear right out the other. You're not going to listen to any of those things unless you respect the anointing that they carry. You can only learn 
from somebody or someone that you admire. And Elisha here saw something in Elijah that he desired, and he was determined to stay in a relationship with him regardless of the cost. It didn't matter how far they had to go. It didn't matter what it was going to cost him. It didn't matter what town they was going to go to. It didn't matter what he was going to have to leave, Brother Todd. He saw something in Elijah that he desired. He saw something that he wanted, and he knew that he had to stay connected with this man to get what he had. Now, don't lose me. Stay with me, church. And so he decided that I'm going to stay with him all the way. I'm going to stay with him. Matter of fact, you can go back in Scripture. You'll learn that when Elijah told Elisha to stay in Bethel, he refused. He said, I'm going to go with you. You'll see that where he was told to stay in Jericho, and he refused to stay in Jericho. I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going to be. Amen. He went with him all the way to the other side of the Jordan River. Every time Elijah and Elisha was to stay somewhere, Elisha responded by saying, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. They say, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about this morning? Why are you talking to us about these two guys right here? The important thing I want you to leave with this morning is simply this. Every one of us, if we're children of the Lord, desire to have more from God than what we have right now, right? At least I hope you do. I hope you've not got to the place where I've got everything I need and I want nothing else from the Lord. Because if you've got to that place, you're in a miserable place this morning. Because God can't share anything else with you. He can't give you anything else. And so what I want you to understand that if we want more of God, God places things and people in our life to allow us to go after Him. Amen. And when we see that and we recognize that, then we value what that person is trying to teach us. Then we're going to receive what the Lord is trying to give us as well. I want to see a show of hands this morning, and I may be a little surprised, but how many of you, I want you to be honest, how many of you all over this building has ever heard God speak to you audibly with a loud voice audibly all right we've got a few hands in here that's wonderful I want to tell you I've never heard God speak audibly I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I wish God would speak audibly but most of the time when God speaks is in his word as brother Bob was talking about that's why the word is so important I'm not saying that God can't speak audibly I've just never heard God speak I say pastor you must not be saved you need to get a little closer to God then. I mean, if you want to take us to places, you've got to get close enough where you can hear God speak. I didn't say I never heard God speak. I just said I never heard him speak audibly in my where I'd have to turn around and say, I thought somebody was talking to me. Some of you have done that. You've raised your hands and signified that. That's wonderful. Great. But God will use people and he'll use situations in your life to take you places where he desires to take you. But many times when you get ready to go there, the crowd is not going to be able to go with you. Every time, every time the sons of the prophets told Elijah, Elisha, that the Lord was about to take, take away his master, you'll see Elisha turned to him and said, hold your peace. In other words, shut up. In other words, be quiet. I don't need you to tell me that. I understand what's going on. That's why I'm sticking with him. That's why I'm going to stay connected to this guy. Matter of fact, the Bible says the 50 sons of the prophets, they viewed from afar off. 
But only Elisha crossed the Jordan River with Elijah. God was about to do something new in his life, but first he had to take him to a place where the crowd simply could not go. I mean, these 50 guys, they were saved guys. These 50 guys, they studied the scriptures. These 50 guys, they were the sons of the prophets. They heard story after story after story about God and all of his, his exploits and all of these things, but yet they was unwilling to cross the Jordan River. With the prophet of God. Amen. And so this morning I want to tell you that every time God is about to do something new in your life. Whether it's receiving a new anointing. Whether it's going to the next level of your destiny. Or taking you into a season of prosperity. God will lead you to a place where the crowd is simply not going to be able to go with you. When God was going to do something in the life of Moses, he called him to the backside of the desert. When Jacob was at the point of change in his life, he found himself alone wrestling with God. Everybody will not be able to go where God is going to take you. Everybody will not be able to hear what God is going to speak to you in your mind. Everybody will not be able to see what God is about to show you hallelujah there's some people God that some people in your life will not be able to handle the blessings that God places on your life they'll not be able to handle the advancement that God gives you in your life and that is why God is taking you to a place where the crowd simply cannot follow that is why he's leading you to the backside of the desert that's why he's leading you to a place that many times we feel like we're wrestling with God somewhere we're in struggle with God and he's trying to show us something but we can't see it yet brother Larry and so we hold on to the nail scarred hand of Jesus Christ hoping and understanding that someday and somehow and some way he's going to show us those things but here's the key for us to understand there's many times in those situations we get tired of the struggle at times and when we get tired of the struggle it's easy for us just to back up I didn't say that we were lost. I didn't say that we backslid. We just back up because we're tired of fighting the struggle. Some of y'all ain't heard me yet. But there's some of y'all sitting under the sound of my voice right now. You're in the struggle of your life right now. And you think all hell itself has come out against you. And it just could be that God is trying to take you somewhere. Come on, somebody. It could be that God is trying to share some things with you. It could be that God is trying to show you and take you to another level that you've never been to before. But if we get tired of the struggle and if we get tired of the fight, we'll back up and we'll miss the destiny. We'll miss the level that God is wanting to take us. Can I tell you, hold on. Hold on, honey, and keep fighting. Hold on and keep swinging. Hold on and keep proclaiming Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because I'm I'm telling you this morning that God will take you there if you'll just trust in Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Some people not be able to handle in your life. And so God is trying to get you to position yourself for what he's about to do in your life. He has to get you away from the noises, as we said earlier, from the crowd. He has to get you away from the comments of the people outside your paradigm or your circle. He has to get you away. And if we're not careful, you know this as well as I, people will mess you up. Can I just go on and tell you this? Good people will mess you up. There's four kinds of people. I'll share this with Brother Cup. We talked a little bit about it last week. Four kinds of people we need to understand. There are people who will add things to your life. 
There are people who will subtract things from your life. There are people who will divide things in your life. And there's people who will multiply things in your life. How many knows you got to get rid of those folks that, that subtract and divide in your life? Hallelujah. You better hang out with those that I add and I multiply to your life. That's going to help you and that's going to take you. That's going to give you the encouragement that you need to get to the next level. Amen. And it's time for you and I to simply reevaluate and see if the people around us can handle what God is about to do in our life. Hallelujah. How will they respond when you enter into that next level of destiny? Just because somebody says that they're with you today simply does not mean they'll be with you tomorrow. Think about it. Just because somebody says they love you today doesn't mean they're going to love you tomorrow. Just because somebody calls you up and encourages you one day doesn't mean they're going to call you up the next day and encourage you. Just because somebody comes and wraps their arms around you and says, hey, I want you to know that I'm with you thick and thin (laughs) does not always mean they're always going to be with you thick and thin. They may be with you in the thick, (laughs) but in the thin, sometimes they're going to leave you. Hello. They may be with you in the fat, but they ain't going to be with you in the lean many times. Hello, somebody. And so you've got to be careful with some of those things. What are you talking about, Pastor? You go back in the scripture, you look at, at old brother Joseph. Joseph's brothers had no problem with him the day he was born. Everybody was excited. Everybody was excited the day Joseph was born. In fact, they celebrated his birth. But once they realized that Joseph was his father's favorite son, and when his father gave him that expensive, colorful coat, that coat of many colors, they became full of jealousy over this brother. Then when he began to share their dreams, and he began to share visions, their jealousy turned into hate, and they simply wanted to kill him. I mean, these were the same guys that celebrated his birth. These were the same guys that he grew up with. But once God started doing something in his life and started giving him visions and started giving him dreams and started uh, expanding his, his horizons and all of those things, they become jealous. Are you following me this morning? You see, there's some people who won't have no problem with you as long as you don't have a dream. There's some folks who won't have a problem with you at all as long as you don't have a vision. They don't have a problem with you. As long as you live in that world of average, everything is all right. But once you decide to move into the world of greatness, once you decide to move into the world of destiny, once you decide to move into that more of more of more and more of God, once you decide to put everything else on the back burner except for God, they're going to have a problem with you. Hallelujah. So we got to understand that this morning. They'll rise up. They'll rise up against you. They'll they'll even rise up to destroy you if you're not careful. Pastor, what happened this past week? You got anybody trying to destroy you? Not that I know of. I pray to God you're not. (laughs) If if you are, ain't nobody called me. Ain't nobody shared nothing with me. Why are you preaching? That's why I'm preaching. Because it's good stuff going on right now. But I know as long as good stuff is around, the enemy is still around. And I know if we're not careful, as God continues to bless our church, and as God continues to bless you, the enemy is wanting to destroy you. Hallelujah. And we've got to be conscious of his, of his devices and all of those things. Amen. 
Some people love being around you as long as you're not a threat to them. And as long as you don't mess up your little, their little kingdom. They like you as long as, as they feel better and as long as they feel bigger than you. But once God begins to bless you and once God begins to anoint your ministry and begins to prosper you or God blesses you with a better car or a better home, then all hell sometimes breaks loose. Pastor, are you, are you telling me the truth? I mean, these are Christian folk here we're talking to. That's right. Sometimes, listen to me, church, sometimes we do more damage on the inside of the church than what the outside does to us. Now, I know I'm probably not going to be popular today after this message. I don't know if I was popular before, but anyway. <laughs> I'm probably losing a little bit of it. I'm not going to be real. I'm not going to be real popular. There'll probably be, not, not be a whole lot of folks come, come to the back and shake my hand and pat me. Oh, you've done a good job, preacher, today. Because this is where we are. And so many times what's hurtful, Sister Langley, is, is we do more damage on ourselves than what the world does to us. Because of little things like this. You need people in your life that will celebrate you. You need people in your life that will worship you. Not necessarily worship you in that aspect, but appreciate who you are and appreciate what God is doing. You need people in your life that will simply just not tolerate you. You need people that will rejoice when you're blessed. You'll need people who will celebrate in your victories and your promotion. Jesus Christ makes it very clear that with prosperity also comes persecution at times. How do you know? Look at Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Jesus answered said, And surely I say to you that there is no one who has left house, brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. We know that even happened in biblical times. Some people will get angry when God begins to bless you. Some Christians will not celebrate your victories and blessings with you. Some will even become jealous and begin to falsely accuse you. When this happens, here's the thing. Many times, if people like that do that to us, you know, we want to retaliate somehow. We want to get upset and we want to get angry. We want to fight. We want to just go to them, you know, nose to nose, cheek to cheek. We've got to be careful with some of those things. Don't, don't get upset. Don't get sad. Don't get depressed. But the Bible tells us to rejoice in those things. The Bible talks to us to be glad. Why? Because one of the last things that happens before a promotion comes is you encounter an enemy. You say, well, Preston, I'm, I'm, I'm in a heated, I'm in a heated uh, uh, you know, fighting enemies right now. Well, be glad and rejoice because promotion day is coming. Be glad and rejoice because victory day is coming. Be glad and lift up your hands and rejoice today because Jesus Christ still knows where you are today. Amen. Hallelujah. Some people won't understand your blessing. They may even ask you, what, who do you think you are? And answer them by simply saying this, hey, I am a child of the living God. I go through stuff just like you, but I'm not going to get depressed. I'm not going to get wear down. I'm just going to hold on to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will promote me in due season. Now, the Bible doesn't, is not clear when due season is. <laughs> Sometimes when we, you, you, you hear messages like this, you'll go out and say, All right, Pastor said God's going to promote me in due season, so God do it now. It may not be your due season. Sister Wanda up here, and I'm going to use her again. She got healed up here last Sunday. We're so glad and we rejoice with her. 
How many knows that the devil still don't like her? And how many knows that the devil will, he'll try to attack her again? But how many knows she has to hold on to faith? She has to proclaim her healing. She has to walk in it. Amen. Amen. But there's many of us. Well, if God can do that, why ain't God healed me? It ain't your due season yet. Hold on, because due season and time with God is everything. Amen. Just when you least expect it, God can take you up. He can promote you. He can place you in a situation and an environment where hundreds have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But see, here's the problem that we have in our church today. When God wants to promote us in due season, you know, in our, in our due season time, we, 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 have this, we, have this, uh, we have this thing, and I, well, God, I, I want to do what I want to do. So promote me. Do you understand when God promotes you, it's for his benefit, not necessarily for your benefit. God wants to take you places so you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wants to promote you so you can tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to promote you so you can do great exploits for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I am a child of God. Who do you say that I am? People said, who do you think you are? And, and, and what, why is God blessing you? I'm a child of the living God. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 17 says, I am an heir of God and a joint heir. Tell them I serve a God that delights in blessing me. In fact, God, he takes pleasure in my prosperity. Matthew 7, 11 says, How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Psalms 35 and 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad and favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Can I tell you, everybody under the sound of my voice that's blood-bought and you're a child of God, he takes pleasure in blessing you. Oh, yeah. He takes pleasure in heaping blessing upon blessing upon you. Hallelujah. You think back with me a few years. Some of y'all driving better cars than you ever drove. Some of y'all live in bigger houses than you ever lived in. Some of y'all got more stuff in your garage and still your cars than you ever had. Hello? Some of y'all get ready to move and you wonder how in the world am I going to get all this stuff gone? Because we got so much material things, the blessings of God. It just goes right back to the scripture said, if you seek him first. Hello? If you seek him first in his righteousness. If you seek him first in his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. 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 I'm glad I don't live in Jesus' day. Brother Chuck, we're after to walk everywhere. I'm glad I got a Jeep Cherokee I can get in and drive around. Amen. I'm glad that, that even Brother Cup gets to get a, a motorcycle and I don't. I don't get jealous of him. I just bless him. Some of y'all saying, no, you don't. I can see underneath. I'm glad Sheena let him get one and Karen won't let me get one. Bless her. She needs to talk to Karen. But we need people that will celebrate us. Amen. When God continues to bless us, hallelujah, understand this principle this morning. Your destiny is never tied to anybody that will walk away from you. Hmm. Your destiny will never be tied to somebody who is willing to walk away from you. 
It goes right back to what I was telling you several weeks ago in a Wednesday night class. What, what, what happens? What happens if my destiny, I, I believe I use Marilyn. If I don't like Marilyn and I got problems with her and she got problems with me, what happens if my destiny is linked up with her? And she has the answer to the key that's going to keep me from my destiny. If she's willing to walk away, it's not linked with her. But if she's willing to stay around and let's talk about it and let's work things out and let's pray with one another and cry with one another and forgive one another, I want to tell you, heaven's fixing to come down and glory's going to fill our soul. Well, pastor, you don't know what they've done to me. I don't have to know what they've done to you. Just forget about it. That ain't my message this morning, but forgiveness is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. Matter of fact, I've known people that suffers physically because of unforgiveness. That if they can ever find it in their heart to forgive, I'm not saying about the other person to forgive or not. I'm just saying if I can forgive her, then healing's going to come to my body. Hallelujah. Freedom's going to come to me. Liberty's going to come. I'm not going to be inhibited to worship the Lord anymore. Amen. I'm not going to be inhibited to come down here to the altar because the Bible says if you come down here and you seek a gift from the Lord and you still have all against your brother, leave your gift here. Oh, we seem to forget about that scripture sometimes. And go back and rectify. And then come on back. Hmm. There's times, many of us, we need to quit begging people to stay in your life. Now, I, I, I want to say that, but I want to I say this. Just because I made that statement this morning does not mean you have to leave the church. <laughs> we, we, we get on messages like this sometimes of, that preacher, he wants me to leave. No, I don't. I don't want none of you to leave. I ain't got all against any of you. I love all of you this morning. I can't think of none of you in here this morning I have a, that I have ill feelings to this morning. If I did, I promise you, I'd come to you. I love you this morning. I'm trying to help you this morning. But if you want to grow in yourself, in your, in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and if our church wants to grow this morning, there's some principles here we got to understand. Everybody's not going to be able to go where God wants to take us. Everybody's not going to be able to go to the place that God wants to take you. Everybody's not going to get to the level that God wants to put you on this morning. They've got their own level to get to. I'm not telling you they're bad people. I'm not telling you that you need to just quit them cold turkey and never have nothing to do with it. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. But everybody will not be able to get to the place and the destiny of the crowd that God wants to take you because of all the noises and the things that's going on in their life. 1 John 2 and 19, Jesus said this. You say, well, Pastor, Jesus never had this problem. Oh, yeah, he did. Look. He said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not have, no doubt, have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, Jesus even had some folks to leave him. Jesus had some folks that didn't agree with everything that he did. And they left him. Why would you want to stay, uh, why would you want somebody to stay in your life if they didn't want to be there in the first place? Proverbs 17 and 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Now don't take this statement wrong right here, what I'm fixing to say. How many knows that the exit door is just as important as the entrance door? 
when it comes to people trying to hinder where God is wanting to take you. When a person leaves your life, don't allow yourself to become bitter. You've got to face the fact and understand that everybody's not going to be able to go the way that you're going. People will leave you. People will betray you. Betrayal is something that others do to you. But here's the thing. Bitterness is something that you do to yourself. And we've got to be careful of that. Everyone has experienced that pain of, of somebody leaving and, and, and losing a friendship and all of those things. Matter of fact, Jesus had 12 chosen disciples and one of them was the devil. One of, one of, one of the people that he chose betrayed him with a kiss. One of the people that, that, that traveled with him. One of the people that ate with him. One of the people that stayed with him. One of the people that saw the miracles. One of the people that heard his teachings. One of those even betrayed him with a kiss. Sold him. But he refused to become bitter. He looked beyond his present pain. Looked beyond his present pain to the salvation of mankind because his destiny was the cross. Are you following me? Now, I'm not going to get time to finish this. There's so much more meat in this message I want to preach to you tonight and tell you some things and, and help you a little bit about some things. But, but this is what I want you to understand. Jesus refused to become bitter. Jesus was continually, continually being misjudged by those around him. And remember, he was betrayed by one of those, those 12 apostles, those 12 disciples of his inner circle. When people misjudge you, when they betray you, sometimes you've just simply got to move on out of their life. You cannot waste your time defending your actions to people who really do not care about you. Matter of fact, some people will never understand. And there'll be some that don't want to understand. Proverbs 23 and 9 says, Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of words. Have you ever talked to somebody that you was trying to explain something to them and they just wasn't getting it? And it didn't matter how you broke it down, how simplistic you broke it down, they just simply was not getting it. And you're like, well, what else am I supposed to say? You're not getting it. You're not understanding what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to tell you. A lot of times those kind of people like that, that personality is they always got to get the last word in. When you say something, they're going to counter, they're going to counter offer another sentence or counter offer something else in your life. And they're not going to do nothing to build you up. They'll do everything to tear you down. Now I'm not saying that we've not had hurts. I'm not saying that we've not had difficulties in our life. But listen to me, church. If we want to go somewhere with God, as God wants to take us to that next level, and he wants to get us to that place of freedom and liberty, there's going to be some of the things that we've got to let go. We've got to let it go. We've got to ask God's help in our life. God, help me to forgive this person. God, help me to, to just get all this stuff and this junk out of the way and help me live in freedom. You'll never have everybody to like you. I'm one of those guys with my personality. I just want everybody to like me. I mean, I'm just a lover. I ain't a fighter. I just want everybody to like me, but how many knows everybody don't like me? Let me see a show of hands. <laughs> I had three or four raise their hand. <laughs> Bob, was you one of those? Did you raise? We're fixing to take an offering up for your group. You just need to be careful. Everybody's not going to like you. They're not going to like you. But don't get discouraged. Don't get depressed. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still is for you. He's not against you. Amen. Hallelujah. Michelle, come on real quick. Just, just the keyboard. 
just play something very softly. I'm going to close this morning, and, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll pick it up tonight. There, there's individuals in your life that if you're not careful, they'll hold you back from your destiny. They are stopping you from moving forward, and they're and they're laying they're stopping you from moving forward and, and, and for you to lay hold of the blessings of God simply because of their relationship with you. Now I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not asking any of you to go back and, and sever a friendship or a relationship. That's not what I'm talking about. I hope I hope you're spiritual enough that you understand what I'm saying this morning. But there are people in your life that's holding you back from the destiny that God wants to give you. I've, I've known people in my life. And Brother Mike, they're, they're good people. But yet, as I started noticing things that they were saying, as I started watching their actions, and I said, Lord, some of these things just simply don't line up with what your word says. And I had to withdraw from their relationship. I've had to withdraw from our friendship. Not saying that I still didn't talk to them and not friends with them, but we had to we had to sort of sever a little bit. Because everybody can't go and they don't understand even where God is wanting to take you. And I believe with all of my heart that Satan's most successful point of entry into your life many times is through an individual many times he'll come and he'll use an individual to come against you spirits can't walk or talk so they must attach themselves to a person that's close to you and the enemy is no respecter of person he'll he'll use good christian folk to get in your way of receiving from the lord if you're not careful are you following me? Good folk. Good folk. The best way I understand how to describe this is when I was growing up, I had, I had two close friends, and I think I've told this story before, very close friends that, I, that we, we, we hung out all the time, Ricky and Marty. Marty was one of my best friends. Marty's never been here to the church, but since I grew up as a teenager over in, when Dad pastored in, in Hickory Flat. And everywhere you saw me, you saw Marty and vice versa. We talked about everything. We shared everything. We spent the night. We went camping together. We rode motorcycles together, believe it or not. I even had one back then. We done everything together. We were sleeping out. We was camping one night in this little pup tent, a two-man tent. About 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, there was a horse that found us. Scared both of us, slapped to death. We jumped up, tore the tent up, and we went to the house. We're scared. It's scary. A horse is scary at 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning. You're out in the field somewhere. We've done everything together. But one day, Marty got hooked up with the wrong crowd. And he got to smoking dope. He got not coming to church like he used to, Brother Bob. Our friendship seemed to not be where it used to be. And it bothered me. I mean, it really bothered me because we were so close. 
And I remember as a teenager, and I'm not telling you this to make me feel, look at, look at me like I'm some big dude or something. That's not, that's not why. Understand what I'm saying. But he was keeping me from the destiny that God was going to take me and teaching me and showing me all through those formative years of being teenagers and learning. See, we were both in church. We were good Christians. Marty got hooked up with the wrong crowd. And so I, I made a choice. And I remember even making that choice. I can't hang around Marty anymore. I loved him. He was like a brother. And one week went by. I don't know if it bothered him or not, but it bothered me. I didn't hear nothing from Marty. Two weeks went by. Didn't hear nothing from Marty, but it still was really bothering me. Three weeks went by, and all of a sudden his mom called me one day. His mom called me and said, Danny, I just got to ask you a question. Why, why don't you come over like you used to? Why, why don't you and Marty hang with one another like you used to? And I, I don't remember what I told her. I know it probably wasn't the truth. But I just said, well, I, you know, just you know, stuff going on. Just had been busy, stuff like that. But it wasn't long that Marty finally come back, and, and I finally had a chance to say, Marty, I can't hang with you doing the stuff that you're doing. I'm not upset with you other than, you know, you, you've hurt our relationship, and I don't want you doing that. It's, you don't need to be doing that. But I, I can't hang around that stuff. I was with him one day when him and his buddy went to the house, and they bought a bag of weed. That sounds so old now. I don't know if they call it different names now or not. I don't know. But, but I didn't know what it was. It was just a little Ziploc bag, and they brought it to the car. And I, but after they got it in there and I started smelling some of it, I knew exactly what it was. And I had them to stop, and I said, you guys, let me out. Brother Roger, I knew that if the, if the police stopped, I mean, I was scared to death. If the police stopped, I'm just as guilty as they are. And I said, stop the car and let me out. I was several miles from the house, and I walked home. Because I understood this principle that everybody can't go where God wants to take you. There's people in your life today that has tied to you and is sucking the life out of you. Because they don't see your value. They don't recognize where God is wanting to take you. And all the while, God is speaking to you. Come away with me. Come away with me. I told the church Wednesday night, and I'm going to close with this. I told the church Wednesday night that last week, there was a lady, I've never had this to happen to me before, that came to my office. And she said, I want to pray with you, pray for you. I said, okay, not a problem. I don't, I don't mind prayer. She says, come here and let's hold hands and let's pray. She started praying. She started speaking in tongues and she was praying and all of a sudden she stopped and she made this statement, Brother Mike. She said, the Lord wants me to tell you this. I want you to come away with me. She said, you've been so busy with doing church stuff that our relationship is being hindered. Now, y'all don't get nervous. I'm not about to leave the church. All right? But you understand what I'm saying, right? We can get so busy doing churchy things that we lose on our relationship with the Master. And she said, the Lord strongly wants me to tell you, you've got to get away with Him. He's missing the time with you. And if we're not careful, we get so tied in with even doing the right thing that we miss the greatest thing 
as Jesus even told Mary and Martha. You remember that story? Mary was at his feet. Martha was encumbered around in the kitchen with all the busyness of getting things ready. It was a good work that she was doing. Brother Boy, everybody had to eat and they had to fellowship. It was a good thing that she was doing. But she got upset. She lost the attitude. Fight. And she went to the Lord and said, you've got to get Mary. You've got to get her up. Get, tell her to come help me. Jesus says, Martha, you don't understand. This is the best thing. This is the best part here that she's doing. Jesus desires you to be at his feet today. He desires you to come away with him. He desires a relationship with you more than you ever will know. I want every head bowed and every eye closed very quickly. Very quickly, you say, Pastor, everything that you've said this morning, I identify with. Everything that you have preached this morning, I, I can safely say that I have people in my life that are pulling me back. And somehow, in some way, I've got to understand that where God wants to take me, I've got to make some changes. I've got to make some decisions in my life. If that's you, you just lift up your hand and put it right back down. I've got to make some things happen in my life in order for God to take me where he wants to take me. If that's you, had several hands to go up, but if you hadn't raised your hand, just put it right up, right back down. Whether you're in the balcony or on this main floor, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Understand now, I'm not saying that you've got to sever that relationship for good. There may be some you need to sever for good. There may be some that you need to just sever it now. But they're holding you back from where God wants to take you. Pastor, I'm here this morning and I'm lost. And the reason I'm lost is because I hang around friends that's not helping me at all. But I want to be saved today and I want to be set free. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Put it right back down. I want to. I want to know Jesus more intimately. I want to more Jesus. More, no, I want to know Him more personally this morning. I'm tired of the way I've been living. I'm tired of of what I've been going through. I want to know Him. Father, you saw every hand in the house today that went up. You saw every hand that went up. Oh God, that that they're saying this morning that they know and they recognize they have people in their life. Oh Lord. That's holding them back from obtaining the promise and the destiny that you have for them. And in the name of Jesus right now, God, give them strength. Give them courage, oh God. Give them the words to say. Lord, they don't have to be mean. They don't have to be ugly with it. They don't have to go out and just completely sever a relationship unless that relationship, oh God, is pulling them to hell. God, sometimes we have to alienate ourselves, and we have to get on the backside of the desert somewhere. We have to get alone with you so you can talk to us and show us where you want to take us. And sometimes that may mean that we're not going to spend all the time that we used to with that particular person or that friend or that loved one. Give us the wisdom, oh God, on how to make those decisions. Give us the wisdom today on how to make the change in our life because, God, we want the destiny that you have for us. We want to go to that next level. 
We want to go to where you would have us to go in Jesus Christ. And God, because when we, when we get released from those bondages and those shackles, then we can live a life of freedom and liberty. We can live a life, oh God, of seeing and understanding and knowing and listening to what you're saying in our hearts today. We'll give you thanks. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.